Hi, and welcome to And If Love Remains. I'm your host, Mike Lovett. Uh, you're going to be listening to part two of our discussion, uh, Dr. Elise Pedersen and I, of modern pianists and what's going on in the piano world uh, today. So, welcome back to Elias, and uh, let's continue the conversation. Yeah, so you were talking about, um, you know, Alicia Keys and Billy Joel, you know, being able to play, but maybe not up, only up to a certain level. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm reminded, you know, uh, I wish I could remember the name of the, he, uh, Billy Joel wrote, um, uh, you know, a piece of art music, concert music. Mm, and, yeah, uh, oh, and he, he called it something kind of humorous and funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember him doing an interview about it and he, and somebody asked, well, so, you know, are you going to perform? And he said, I, I can't play this. <laughs> so he, he had, and I remember he had, and I, and I can't remember his name now, but he's the, Oh, um, it's a, it's a comedy. It's a, it's a comedy piano violin. Do, oh yeah. Yeah. He used, uh, Egud's men and Jew. Was it? Yeah. Them? He used, they, and they he used it, Jew yeah. as the pianist for his work. Yes. Yeah. That's right. I remember that. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's a phenomenal pianist. <laughs> yeah. yeah he, that's he funny is. that he'd write a piece and everybody knows him as like the pianist and he wrote the piano man, you know, <laughs> right. and yet he can't play the piece he wrote. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just that was fantastic. yeah. That is cute. That's a cute anecdote. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think the general population kind of knows that level. And then you, if you ask musicians that are non-pianists, you know, who do you know? They probably don't know a lot of pianists either or, or who to follow. They, they might know uh, like a Horowitz or something because they've right. got a CD from their childhood. Or Lang um, Lang. It's probably today yeah. the most popular. Yeah. So today, and, and actually I, I always said it like that too. When I, when he, because I'm only a couple of years older than him. So I remember when he really made it big and when yeah. he was still young and in the states you know we say lang lang and then of course people didn't like him and they made fun of his his playing because he was so like i guess electrifying but loud so they'd say bang bang and actually it's long long yeah and so um but he became so so big huge i mean he might have the biggest following in a way of uh, superstardom um, you know he was sponsored by nike he was think of a classical pianist being sponsored by a, a shoe company, which is fantastic. It's, it's amazing. And, you know, for all his, I, I've actually come around with somebody like that a lot. I, I respect him in many ways uh, for what he's done for music and for piano. Uh, so many kids in China have been, uh, have been just influenced and, you know, given that push and like, oh, I want to, I want to be like that. They've been inspired to be like Long Long. Yeah. And I think in China right now, there, there are like 50 or 60 million kids uh, playing piano, which is incredible. That's like, a, I don't know, a fifth of the entire population of the U.S. Right. Kids That's playing incredible. Piano. It's, yeah, it may be more than that now. Um, so, yeah, he's been an incredible influence and he's a big name and everybody knows that. So that's not one of the names that I was going to uh, bring up, but just as a reference, you know, he's, he's a reference name. So, you know, talking about some of the, some of the old guard, you have people that are still perf- like Martha Argerich, um, who maybe people know she, she has a, an incredible following and in, in the piano world, she's sort of a goddess, you know, 
she's one of the greatest, I think, in my mind that's ever lived. A very natural talent and uh, incredible worker, but just has played everything. And, and she just turned 80, and she actually just released a recital on YouTube, which is, I, I encourage everybody to watch it. Oh, uh, an incredible, incredible pianist. So she's up there, and you have the, you know, Ashkenazi, who doesn't really perform anymore, and uh, Maria Joao Pires, who's a f- phenomenal um Zimmerman, Sokolov, you know, Andra Schiff, these are all Yefim Bronfman, these are all big names that people know. But um, I was hoping to draw name uh, people's attention to the likes of Dong Tai Sun, you know, who's yeah. the voice we spoke about, who won the, the 1980 Chopin, um, and whose career has really shot through the roof the last. And what what, what makes uh, Dong Tai Sun special in your mind? Like, why? You know, obviously there's certain things that all these, all these pianists are going to have in common, you know, they're mm-hmm. going to be able to play the pieces. They're going to be, able, yeah. you know what I mean? But what, yeah. what is, what are the things that, that you go, Oh, you know what? That makes this guy special. Well, so one of the reasons, um, one of the ways, of course, I'm bringing up these names, I, I often have a personal connection to them. And so I might be biased, but I believe with somebody like him, you know, he, he taught at my uh, former university and, and, uh, I've seen him live many times and, and spoken with him a lot. And he's such, first of all, as a, as a human being, he's so down to earth and so kind. And when people say that your music making reflects who you are as a pe- as a person, I really believe that. And I think if you listen to his music, it's so humane and, and it's such a representation of, of his kindness, his generosity of spirit. Mm. Uh, and so when I listen to him play, I mean, it's phenomenal control of everything. He, he can do certain things in pieces that I've even felt I've gotten to a high level and, and he plays it. And it's just like, wow, I didn't, I just never thought that you could do that, yeah. you know, and, uh, or bring that voice out or, or accentuate it in certain, in such a way or control it in such a way. Or, um, a lot of things that impress me are not maybe what impresses the general public who love, you know, big bombastic stuff. I'm very impressed with somebody who can play very softly, but very controlled and you still hear everything and they can bring your ear in and, and to you know, home in on something. Uh, that's very impressive to me. If, if yeah. an artist has that fine control and he does, and it's so colorful and um, just, yeah, very colorful playing. That's, that's the best way I can think of it. It's, it's like watching water just flow when he plays. And I, I never feel I always feel at ease. I never feel discomfort or like even something that gets me excited in his playing, you know, it's excitement for the right way. I'm never uh, worried or nervous that uh, something's not going to go the way it does. It shouldn't. Um, And he really paints a picture. That is is an incredible, you know, to put somebody at ease and so you can just appreciate the art for what he's doing. That's impressive. Mm Yeah, I think he kind of, he's one of these pianists that helps this new wave of um, like caressing the piano, almost not treating it as a piano. And I think that wave kind of started with some artists like him in the 80s. And there's another artist that I would say, who's also one of my teachers, Sergei Babayan, who's now one considered, you know, one of the big names of today. Uh, he's He's just grown so much, not just in his name recognition as an artist himself, but also through his students. Um, he just signed a you know contract with Deutsche Grammophon recently, and he's performed with Martha Argerich, and he's performing all over the world. 
and I just remember lessons with him. And it's just this way of treating the piano as more of a vocal instrument instead of a percussion instrument, which it kind of is. Uh, and just caressing the keys and, and like drawing tone and sound from the piano instead of pushing buttons into the piano. I, I think words are very powerful and important. And whenever I have students, especially new students that come to me and they say, well, it's kind of pushing buttons. How do you push hard? It's like, eh, not really pushing. <laughs> right. you know, if you're pushing buttons and you're playing piano, you're probably not doing it right. It's not typing. It's not typing, you know, and, and when these artists like Dong Tai Sun or Sergei Babayan, they play, there's such a, um, even in their motions, there's like a, a caressing that's involved and that draws the sound out in a different manner. Maybe it's just psychological, you know, but there's nope. a way that they're creating this long line of music, which uh, is so, so incredible. So we're, now we're going to, we're going to, uh, hopefully put, um, you know, different clips in the show notes. Um, but if somebody's listening to this, you know, maybe what a highlight piece or two that you would recommend somebody to, to listen to, um, sure. to these, these two guys. Yeah. Well, with Dong Tai Sun, I mean, anything from the, the Chopin competition, I think he has a great recording of the Chopin second scherzo in, uh, on YouTube and some other things. Um, Babayan doesn't have a ton that's on YouTube because I know a lot of it's protected under certain uh, copyright laws. But if you just, you know, search him, he has some incredible recordings of Rachmaninoff. Um, there was floating around a fourth movement of the Prokofiev second concerto, just part of it, uh, maybe not the whole thing, but it was a, just a video cam from a, somebody <laughs> probably holding a phone in their pocket. Right. Snuck it, in. it was really bad quality, but it was incredible playing. And I, I don't know if it's still up on YouTube. It was a f few years ago, but uh, yeah, that's, I would just, check them out. Anything that they've produced is, is amazing. Um, some other great kind of pianists from that era. So the, these are people that are uh, one generation before me. So I'm, I'm 40, you know, 41, actually, these, these pianists are all yes. around that. They're, they're all born in the late fifties, early sixties. And that new wave of, of, uh, of pianism, I guess uh, my yeah. teacher, of course, uh, my main, main teacher from, uh, you know, my doctorate so i considered him one of my main teachers and mentors ever uh, paul stewart um and he's he's not that well known on the international scene in a in a way but in the piano world and especially in the chamber music world because he's virtually played everything uh, chamber music with with strings and a lot of uh, with voice and with other instru wind instruments and um just huge amount of repertoire uh, and now he's actually working on the metner uh, piano sonatas releasing those. I think he's released one or two albums. So uh, he's just such consummate musicianship and beautiful long lines, great tone and sound, and humble playing. I mean, he, he's that kind of person, and that comes out in his in his playing. That sort of humility towards the music, and you just sense this nobility uh, when he plays. And I've I've heard him you know a dozen times live, uh, yeah. and I have all of his all of his CDs. So it, it's hard to find him on, I don't even know if you can find him on YouTube, but certainly you can buy his CDs and they're pretty phenomenal. Yeah. Um, I think I'll just mention, so I'll, I'll go a little bit forward in time. We've had Frederick Chu on the program. Yes. And I think we've already talked about some of his expertise. I think he's one of the great, you know, he's, he's born in 64. So he's, he's not too much older uh, than me, but um, he's what, 16 years older. And he's just done so many, wonderful things 
in his career. And, it, and that podcast, by the way, it was an incredible uh, experience and in, in conversation mm-hmm. and, and just, just hearing him, you know, talk about music and, and, yeah. and then, and then to hear him play it, it, he is, he's a powerhouse. He's great. Yeah. What I would recommend if anybody has a chance, uh, you know, so many people have recorded the Chopin etudes uh, ad nauseum, you know, Opus 10 and Opus 25. His recording is one of my f- favorites and it's not the one I grew up with. I grew up with, you know, uh, Ashkenazi and, and, and Polini and things. But actually, Frederick Chu's is one of my favorite recordings of uh, the Chopin Etudes, and his other stuff is his Prokofiev is, is amazing. So I would highly recommend listening to him. It's just you know, and he he's and the, he's like probably he probably is the foremost expert today on Prokofiev. Well, he's one of them. Yes, he is. He knows so much about it. There were there are again? others that might have a similar like a Boris Berman type who's recorded a lot. But I think the insight that uh, Frederick Chu has, you know, is, is second to none. He really right. understands this stuff and he has such a command of the keyboard and, and a very, you know, look at his life. It's so varied. He does computer programming. He, he does so many different things Hello? and yeah. And that comes, he's like a philosopher that comes through in his playing. Really. When you hear him play, it's, it's wonderful playing. So I'd highly recommend him. Um, yeah. Another person uh, before we get into uh, sl- slightly closer to my generation, but um, Alexander Corsantia uh, or Sasha, he he teaches at uh, New England Conservatory, and I think one of the just the foremost uh, musicians and and pianists, and also one of the few that today makes um, transcriptions for the piano. There are very few pianists nowadays that are also yeah. composers. So he like kind of, in the list he, he, yeah. So he, he kind of fall on that list Horowitz kind of model. Yeah. And so he's come out recently, I think last year, that's one reason I put him on the list. And because he, he only came into my mind in the last decade or so. I know he's been big for the last 30 years, but um, I didn't know much about him, but I, I started listening and it's so phenomenal. Some of the things he played and he just came out with a version of, Oh boy. I can't remember that. Was it Firebird Suite or Petrushka? I can't. A ba- one of the ballets by either Defia or Stravinsky, and I can't remember. But he he uh, came up with a solo piano version that included all these extended techniques, and and it's just amazing to watch. You know, he, he has like a drum. Okay, so. <laughs> Yeah, so I was going to say, explain extended it. techniques, because some people make good, don't, like, you're making your hand bigger? Like, what does that mean? Okay, so, yeah, <laughs> so, uh, when I, when I say extended technique, <laughs> I'm talking about something other than what you might do with playing the keys or the pedal. So, one, ex- one type of extended technique, which is used a lot, is strumming the inside of the piano harp, the, those strings. So, there are some composers like Henry Cowell, uh, he was kind of pioneer of this in the 1930s and 40s, and and he would indicate to the pianist, you know, to stand up and and, and strum certain notes. Maybe you'd hold down a chord and you'd strum those notes, and so that chord would ring out and the others would kind of dissipate. It has a very different touch. Um, another extended technique could be just knocking on on different parts of the wood of the piano. The piano is a large percussion right. instrument and acts as la. As, as a drum in a way, but depending on where you hit or the banging, piano or banging the lid down or hitting the lid on the back. Yeah. There are pieces that have instructions with those kinds of things. So you might 
hit it, hit the end of edge of the piano or knock on it with your knuckles or something, not hard necessarily, or maybe you, you hit the bottom of the, the uh, fall board or keyboard um, or the key bed and, and it makes a thud, you know, those people might say, Oh, that's not music, you know, but uh, placed correctly, they can be. And when we think of ex, uh, extended techniques, that goes back a long ways. That's not a new thing. Mozart, when he wrote his uh, Rondo alla Turca, which is the third movement of the um, sonata in A major, it's Kershaw uh, uh, 331. He um, that's you know, very famous alla Turca. Yeah. There's a section in there. Of course, it's um, it's influenced by Turkish Janissary music, which has a lot of tambourines and drums in it. So the part that goes dun 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 dun, dun I don't think I'm singing it in the right key, but that section uh, is with those drums and those tambourines. And on Mozart's forte piano, there was a tambourine stop, which means there was a little tambourine that was connected to the piano, and there was a, a lever or a button that you would push that would that would hit the tambourine. No way. Jingle. Yeah. So when you play that piece on the p- uh, piano that Mozart originally composed it on, uh, you can dun dun dram bram. When you do that little rolled chord, you, you can, I've never seen this, but I'd love to see the p- actual piano. You can hit the little uh, tambourine. And oh, I was going to say, somebody's jingle. got to do that. Yeah. I'm sure there's a video on YouTube. I haven't looked for it. I That's just remember fantastic. when I studied that many years ago. That's great. Yeah, so so that concept of an extension from the piano that's not just playing the notes, that's been a, around for a long time. It's just that it's been extended even more. Uh, there are people like Frederick Zhevsky writing pieces where you um, where you you tap, you know, different parts of the piano, different parts of your body. You might tap your chest, you might sing, you might whistle. Uh, what's the George Crumb piece? He has macrocosmos. There's a, a place where you like hold a chord, you strum the piano strings inside, and you whistle certain frequencies that that ring. It's really powerful if you see it wow. in person. Very hard to perform, but uh, all all different types of things like that. So uh, some of the pianists that are great, uh, you know, musicians and and trying to compose as well. They incorporate some of that. Uh, Mark Andre Amla is, is one of those that is in that Listian Horowitzian mold of co- composing original pieces and also transcribing things or making transcriptions. Um, Arkady Volodos, he's another one. He has some great transcriptions for uh, for piano, uh, and even Sergei Babayan. He has a transcription of uh, Romeo and Juliet Suite, which was just released on Deutsche Grammophon uh, with with Martha Argerich is actually for four hands or I don't know if it's two pianos. I think it's two well, pianos. Well, Chu is doing is, is also. And Frederick uh, Chu is doing something with ballet dancers and right. uh, piano. I think it's Romeo yeah. and Juliet. It's Romeo and Juliet. Yes, as well. So there, there are people out there that are really pushing the boundaries and, and bringing back that sort of Renaissance musician. Um, because, you know, everybody's played, uh, Bach preludes and fugues and and Beethoven sonatas and Chopin etudes. So let's let's get something different out there. Let's do something different. Yeah, I mean, as much as as awesome as those are, mm-hmm. it'd be great to hear something. And, and I do like your approach, and you've talked about this before. You know, of of having some of the old, some of the new. Like, let's get let's get people. You know, I, I remember well, the first time I really heard, um, you know, true modern. Uh, a concert art music um i was in college 
and and I'm sure I'd heard stuff before, but this was as at a formal concert, mm-hmm. and it was an organist um, played on this phenomenal uh, organ that my college had, and uh, they the first thing they did was a Bach, and I thought, mm-hmm. oh, this is going to be so great, and you know, it was it was it was good. But mm-hmm. honestly, I kind of fell asleep. <laughs> I, mean, it was, I do too then, sometimes but, with Bach. <laughs> but then he played. Then he played his own composi- comp- uh, composition on the organ. Mm-hmm. Oh, that did not put me asleep. That was so yeah. exciting to hear and so fun. And I was like, okay. And and I think people need to experience like a lot. You know how not just modern composers, but modern artists and how they interpret modern composers. Mm-hmm. And you know because. Um, I think I think that's a powerful symbiotic relationship that that mm-hmm. we need to kind of just like pull you know pull uh, the general public into more if we can. Yeah, and I think people just have this idea of classical music, which really only developed 150 years ago. That this this corpus would be okay. This is the set music you kind of do, and and uh, they just oh well, that's all got to be boring music. Well, well you know, have you heard even less- Prokofiev? Yeah, and even less than that, where where it's become kind of, and and we've talked about this, and and I don't blame artists, by the way. I I, I want to make this clear, like I don't, I don't think it's an artist problem. I think it's a public problem, <laughs> and that's and that's the the idea of the stuffy piano recital or the the mm-hmm. you know the stuffy uh, concert, you know, where you show up in in a tie and a tux and and you go and you sit on your hands and watch a performance and you know at mm-hmm. the end you know give a great ovation. You know, that's a very, very new concept that you, you know, you talk about mm-hmm. um, some of the, you know, in the thirties, you know, people, you know, talking about the performance in the middle of the performance and, and, you know, and there'd be more variety shows even back before then too. It was right. And so it was, and so, it, you know, and, 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 you know, uh, uh, you know, the, the famous, uh, um, was it the right of spring or firebird that there was a riot at, you know, fire right of spring. Yeah. Right. Of spring, yeah. Was a riot, you know, and and so, that was in the 19, what teens or something. Yeah. 19. So where, you know, that, that could never happen today because like we're it's, it's when you think of a concert um, going, the concert going artists or audience, you know, they're looking for Beethoven. They're looking for Mozart. They're not mm-hmm. they're you know, and, and that's just, anyway, I'm yeah, here well, to change and, and I would, <laughs> the perception. Yeah, I, I think that's true. And I would say that, you know, okay, maybe it's just me. I, I don't mind going to the concert of, of Beethoven. Uh, if it's also with maybe something new right. or if it's just a new take on it and it's something interesting, I I'll go see the ninth symphony. I, I love it. Uh, is it played Absolutely. well? Is it, is it nice? I don't mind. I don't dress up in a tie, you know, to go. I don't think, you need to. I, I also think there's a certain concert etiquette that should be sort of followed that, no, you don't go in flip-flops and T-shirt because you're you're going – like you wouldn't Agreed. go to that – to church in that either. Um, but, you know, there's some sort of respect and, and mutual understanding you've got to have. And if you're willing to put in a little bit of effort and go and sit through, listen, and try to experience that, you might get something from it that you weren't expecting. Absolutely. Um, and if the artist is I- really engaging – then even even more so. Um, that makes all. Yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. No, no, no. no. You're going to say. Well, I was going to say also with all of these, you know, people were talking about. Um, 
if they come to town, yeah, go buy a ticket and see them at the, we're in Phoenix now, go, go see them with the Phoenix Symphony. But even more so, if you know a pianist that's in town um, and you want to support them and they're playing at a local uh, concert hall or a local series, you know, just go and uh, you might, you might enjoy it more than you think. So I think Absolutely. we just need to get those experiences. And I think, you know, it's apropos to talk about it now with the pandemic, uh, mostly behind us, I hope. I mean, we're still having yeah. some issues, but people are really It seems missing. like concerts are starting to happen again. and Concerts are starting to happen and people really miss that connection. And I think yeah. art is one of those ways that really brings us close together. And people are realizing, gosh, this, this really you know, without this in my life, there's sort of a dearth in my, my psychology of, of this, it's just missing. Uh, and they're realizing how important it was. So go out and and support your, your local artists. That's what I would say. Um, So, so to finish up here, who are some of the under 25 artists that we really need to pay attention to? And, uh, um, you know, who do you see as a great up and coming pianist now? Yeah, I don't know if I can keep it to the under 25, but we'll see. I will mention a couple that uh, just their names in passing before we get to people younger than me. Uh, but Antonio Pompobaldi, who's well known, but he has some amazing recordings and he just came out with a recital recently, which is phenomenal. Uh, Roberto Plano, uh, Andreas Zlavius, who, whom I love. He, he actually has a great quote. There's no better time to do the best work of your life than right now. Which, oh, that uh, is good. Which I love. I'm sure it's been said in other ways by other people, but I love how he puts that. Yep. Um, and then going to somebody that's a little uh, younger than me. So we have Boris Giltberg. So he was born in 1984. And he recently, I mean, he has quite a resume. He's won some big competitions. But he just recently came out, or I don't know if he's finished it yet, uh, an essay of the whole 32 Beethoven sonatas. So as we've talked about with uh, Daniel Shapiro, who performed them all this uh, this last year, uh, many pianists have recorded all 32 sonatas. It's quite a project. Um, I'll never do it. I know that. But I have to say, Boris Gildberg, his version that he's come out with, and uh, I've listened to maybe five or six of them, they are so probing and so amazing and just so artistic and beautiful and extremely well recorded. I think they, they will be a new, one of the new benchmarks and one of the new go-to recordings of those sonatas. So he's really phenomenal. Um, a, another person I would really keep my eyes open for, well, I'm going to list quite a few, but Rafał Blechacz, I think I'm saying that right. He's a Polish pianist, uh, born in 85. He rose to fame by winning the uh, Chopin competition. And I think he's... The second, if I remember, the second Polish person to win it, second or third, I can't remember. Anyway, uh, just beautiful playing. You can find him on YouTube uh, all over the place. He has some amazing performances of of all Chopin's music, for sure. So I think Boris Gilberg, I mean, with his, uh, with the 32 Beethoven sonatas, which everybody's recorded, you know, he just has such probing, uh, musicality and it's it's incredible what he does with the music and I think it's going to become a new benchmark for all the Beethoven sonatas. So I would recommend checking those out. That's all high available. praise. What's that? I said that's high praise. That's, no, that's- it's it's incredible. They're all available and and really I use them now. With if I have a student playing those, I say go check this out. Um, the next pianist that I would uh, check out of we're just getting younger and younger now. So uh, Rafał Blechacz, I hope I'm saying that right. He's a Polish pianist and he won the Chopin competition. Um, 
And I think he's only the second or maybe the third Polish pianist to actually uh, win it. Uh, oh, that's beautiful that's... playing. And uh, if you listen to any of his, his Chopin performances during the competition or after it, he has some ama- amazing mazurkas that I like and some waltzes and uh, some uh, preludes. He does the Opus, uh, Opus 28, all the preludes, and they're incredible. So he's somebody I'd, I'd uh, keep my eyes on. Um, another, so uh, a girl that I really enjoy her playing, uh, Yolum Sun, she, uh, she got second prize in Tchaikovsky. So I don't think she won any of the big ones, but, uh, you know, she's obviously been in a lot of the big competitions and gotten many prizes born in 86 and just beautiful long lines, beautiful playing. What I really like, I heard, uh, I heard her play a Mozart concerto. I think it was 20 or 21. I can't remember now, which is so often played. It's one of the most famous Mozart uh, concerti. And it was just so full of life and, and like, you know, it just made you want to dance almost when she played. And I've, I've heard that. I've played the concerto myself. I've played both of those. And, and just the sort of clarity without being ascetic, you know, without being sterile, uh, it still had so much life to every note. I love that in her playing. So I'd really recommend that. I recommend her. Um, another, so we're getting younger here, Vitaly Pisarenko, wonderful pianist. He, he won the Liszt competition and he got third in Leeds. Great, uh, obviously great technique. He can, he can play really anything and, uh, and just really just warm playing, you know, and, and beautiful playing. I think what I'm going for in a lot of these players and a lot of these pianists is uh, something interesting that they're saying artistically, not just do they play all the notes correctly, musically even, uh, but are, are they saying something interesting with the piece that maybe I haven't heard before? Um, or maybe something that will convince me that, oh, that's, that's how it should go, you know? Not the way I, I've been thinking about it for 30 years. Um, it, yeah. That's, that's, and that's a hard, you know, that, that's the part um, of playing that makes it really, I mean, and I hate to say anybody because there are there are certain there are certain pieces that I'll never be able to play, you know. <laughs> and and I think for everybody, there's a certain there's a certain piece that, that or you know pieces that that you know just it's not going to happen. But mm-hmm. uh, for most pieces on the piano, people can learn the notes. That's mm-hmm. uh, but that's not art. That's just it's it's making it your own and and saying something new and fresh. Yeah, yeah and it's still hard. By the way, you're saying you might not feel comfortable with some pieces. I think most people who yeah. would, would be in that boat, even pianists, I mean, I don't know if people understand how hard it is to play some of these pieces or most of the pieces that you hear oh. at a concert level um, by these pianists. And you just think, oh, wow, they make it look sort of easy. Uh, the, the amount <laughs> of dedication and hard work just to get the it to that level. The amount of work to make something look easy is, yeah. oh, it's, um, it, it's really difficult. Yeah. There's, um, so here's another pianist now we're getting, so he was born in 88, this, this fellow, Sean Chen. And actually, um, I've gotten to, to talk with him. He gave a master class to some of our students uh, through API, uh, Arizona Piano Institute. Uh, he was just such a gracious teacher, wonderful human being, um, extremely perceptive. You know, when, when you talk and meet these pianists, you realize just how much there is going on in their brain. I always feel that you can't be a, a amazing concert pianist and artist and not be super smart because there's so much that you have to think about and and process 
Um, but the way he, he could communicate and then home in on something, hear something and say, oh, that's, that's what needs to be worked on in this piece. Mm. You know, as just a teacher, he was, he was fantastic. Um, and of course, just demonstrating the pieces yeah. that he might've practiced, maybe not, but it was just a phenomenal playing. Uh, he, he won third in the Clyburn <laughs> and he got the American prize to ever, which is every four years. Uh, but he's, he's a great musician and he also does some transcription. So he has a transcription of Beethoven's ninth symphony. Uh, Ode to Joy, and uh, oh, the whole, wow. I think he has a whole symphony, if I'm correct. But you know, list uh, Franz listed transcriptions of all the symphonies as well. And I know we talked with Sean Chen about it. He said he he didn't want to be influenced so much by that because he had his own ideas of how to play certain parts of the orchestra or the chorus in the piano. Um, so a lot of it's a bit different than the the list version. But I've heard that, and ah, it's, uh, it's that would be really interesting to hear. Yeah, so that, that he's a great, uh, just ingenious kind of pianist and music all around musician. What I like is these people that are not just pianists, but they're creating great music, create, creating great art. Yeah. Um, so here we go, another one. Uh, Ye Wook uh, Sun Woo. Uh, sorry, Ye Kwon Sun Woo. He is a Korean pianist, and he won the Clyburn. He's the only Korean pianist uh, to win the Clyburn, and he was born in '89 and. When if you listen to that year, uh, he was just you know head, head and shoulders above the the competition. Just so, such amazing command and and playing and uh, color and interpretation. Of course, nerves of steel. Which uh, when you're when you're on that kind of platform with that kind of pressure, uh, it's very to. easy to fall apart. And and there have been yeah. many great pianists that I have on this list whom I love that that did fall apart a little bit or just couldn't hold it together. And, and he's just incredible, but also beautiful playing. So he's, he's another one. Um, the next one, I actually, he's a friend of mine. So I, um, I have a little bit more connection, but uh, he's really ri- risen to fame the last few years. His name is Charlie Charamla and he's from Canada. In fact, from, from Quebec. And uh, I knew him in Montreal. I was studying in Montreal. He had, he had finished his undergrad studies. I think when I started my graduate studies there, I'm, I'm not sure. I know he's a, a few years younger than I am. Uh, he's about nine years younger. But uh, then he came back and he also went to Yale. But he, he got um, second prize in the last Chopin competition and really has, has shot up since then, performing all over the world. Um, and he's just phenomenal. Again, a very humble person, a very down-to-earth person, uh, a great command uh, at the keyboard, and if you listen to his uh, concerto, for example, at the uh, at the Chopin competition, it's just it's so such beautiful playing. I actually his his third Chopin sonata, I think he won a prize for that, is uh, an incredible oh, wow. version of that sonata. So I would highly recommend that. Um, let's see here, Ho Chen Zhang, born in 1990, and you can see these names in the liner notes. Uh, he won uh, Clyburn competition yeah. as well. Uh, phenomenal pianist. Uh, here's another one, Claire Huangzi. So I'm going to skip a couple of these names and go to. I'm just going to mention a couple more. Daniel Trifonov. Okay. He and we I will. We'll, we'll put the we'll put the we'll entire put list names. on 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 in the show notes for for people to hear. Yeah, Daniel Trifonov. I have to bring up Check because out. I think. He's maybe the greatest pianist of this generation. Um, he is a student of Sergei Babayan's as well. 
And when I mentioned earlier that Sergei Babayan and the and Dong Taisan, those types are really changing the the artistry of the piano and and producing students that have more sort of all encompassing musicianship and are are um, are producing sound differently at the piano, or at least interpreting things and approaching the way they create create sound differently at the piano. And I think Trifonov is really the epitome of that. And I think he's one of the greatest sort of artists and music makers or creators uh, at the piano today. And actually, he's coming to Phoenix. He's coming to Scottsdale in, in uh, April. We've got tickets to see Is him. he so, really? Yeah, oh. he's, he's phenomenal. And he's, I think, he just turned 30. Yeah, I think so. Look, he's I mean, either he's 29 or 30. But, well. uh I mean, he's already. We may, we may have to do. We, have, we may have to go see him. Yeah, Maybe. yeah. Go see him. We can talk about it. <laughs> yeah. So he's he's just phenomenal. Um, uh, there's there's an American guy uh, whose name I want to bring up, Kenny Broberg, who's uh, certainly keep your eye on him. He just got second in Clyburn, the American Prize, third in Tchaikovsky. He's born in '93. Uh, Beatri- uh, Beatrice Rana, she's an Italian pianist. I've met her. She uh, won the Montreal competition, so I got to meet her there. Uh, born in '93, Sung Jin Cho, who won the the Chopin competition when Shafi uh, Shah got second. One of my favorite pianists, born in '94. It's weird because I'm I'm like what 14, 15 years older than these. They're like almost kids, but they're not. They're professional uh, <laughs> right. touring pianists, you know. Um, and yeah. then I definitely want to bring up Do Hyun Kim, which interestingly hasn't won uh, any big competitions. Or I think he he won something recently. I can't remember, but he's been in a lot of competitions and never quite uh, got first prize as many of these others that I've mentioned. Uh, but I think he's the other really great sort of creator today. And he's young. Uh, he was born in 94. So he's, he's a young pianist and really has a huge future. And uh, he was actually here in Arizona for the Bersendorfer. What was that? Three, four years ago. Uh, he was in the Bersendorfer competition. And that's the first time I'd heard him live. And it, it's just it's so interesting playing. It's not to everybody's liking. I'll say that, you know, a lot of people might think that, um, well, you can't play, you know, that composer like that, or why did he do make those choices, you know, and and he's very polarizing in some ways, but I think enough people are starting to realize just how amazing uh, he is and what he does at the piano, that they're willing to accept those slight differences and say, Oh, maybe that's a way to play that piece. You know, I'm going to be, I'm going to allow myself to be convinced. Uh, and I think he's a great enough artist to do that. So um, he's certainly up there. And then the the last person I'll talk about is some, is the youngest one on my list. One more after that. He just turned 20, I think. Alexander Malone. Yeah. So Do Hyun, I mean, like I said, he's, he's one of the great artists and creators, I think, at the piano. Uh, but he's not to everybody's liking. For sure, and I think pe- there are enough people though that are starting to come around and see that um, the things that he are cr- he's creating might uh, influence them and say, you know what, that that's a different way of playing that piece, and I really should consider that. And uh, he's very convincing in it. He, he actually came to Arizona for the Bersendorf for competition. Uh, what was that, three four years ago? Uh, and he didn't make it past the first round. You know, it's uh, 
like I said, not everybody might agree with certain interpretations and, and they might say, well, you can't play a certain composer a certain way, but I think he's starting to really develop his, his voice and become uh, a real force. And I think in the next five or 10 years, he's going to become one of the big names uh, performing out there, but one of the most interesting names performing, not just, okay, let's bring somebody in yeah. who's, who's going to play all the, play it very solidly and, you know, we can, of course, we can count on him. He's extremely solid, but it's going to be something. Um, and the last person I'll yeah. bring up. Can we hear something new? Yeah. Yeah. Can we hear something different and new? And he does that. Um, but like I say, kind of polarizing because some people might not like that. And they might be used to a certain way of playing a piece and not sort of allow for that new interpretation because it's different or wrong. I don't, I don't know. It's, that's a fine line. That's where is it subjective and where is it objective? Uh, and so, yeah, he's uh, but I, I love his right. playing. Uh, and lastly, I'll talk about, uh, I felt the youngest person on my list, uh, for a couple of reasons. One is that he hasn't won any big competitions like all the other people I've talked about. He won, uh, this competition, I think it's a China international, which is, which is, is big, but it's not Clyburn. It's not Tchaikovsky. It's not Cleveland. It's not, uh, Chopin or Leeds or any of those big ones. Um, but he's already gotten such a big career. It's almost in the same vein or in the same path that Evgeny Kisin did. Evgeny Kisin is a few years older than me. He's, uh, I think he was born in 71 or 72. Um, and so, you know, he didn't win a lot of things, but he was already recording Chopin Concerti when he was 13. Uh, and he just had a huge career blossom from then. Wow. And he's considered one of the greatest ever. Uh, and he's certainly one of my favorites. But this this uh, fellow, Alexander Malofiev, who was born in 2001, I don't even know if he's turned 20 yet. He might be just barely 20. Um, he's per- been performing, you can see tons of stuff on YouTube since the age of you know, internationally, I'm saying performing. Of course, he started piano when he was probably four or five. But uh, there are YouTube right. recordings of him when he was 10, 11, I think. And it's already great. He's already an artist, not just a student, not just a kid. Um, and now when you hear him perform, he just has a phenomenal command. He's played with a lot of orchestras, a huge amount of repertoire. And he, I think he's a real deal. It's... Uh, he, he can really do some things and he didn't have to go through the competition route, which is really refreshing to see because it's just so rare to see that nowadays. I feel yeah. because we're in that globalist world that I spoke about earlier, that if, if you're a great talent somewhere, um, you're, you're going to be recognized. You're going to, you're going to be, you know, come through that sieve and we're, we're going to see you eventually. It's very rare that there's going to be a hidden gem that nobody knows about until they're, you know, 90 years old or something, because you can put something on YouTube. And actually, to that extent, because of that medium, there have been a couple people who have made careers on YouTube. And and one of them is um, a formidable pianist, uh, Valentina Lisitsa, who I think at one point, maybe not anymore, but at one point, she was the most viewed classical musician in the world, in the world, you know, on, on YouTube, uh, because she basically self-produced, she has a fantastic recording equipment and this and that. Um, now, is it fair to say that she just was this unknown person in the basement and then put something on YouTube and everybody 
learned about it like a Justin Bieber. No, no, of course she had already no. <laughs> won some small, some smaller competitions. And uh, I, I don't remember if she's Lithuanian or Russian originally, maybe Russian, but she'd already won some small competition. She went to a, a conservatory, studied with some big name teachers. You know, she was a de- very developed pianist and a phenomenal pianist. She just didn't have the big career because she hadn't won the big competitions yet. So, you know, here comes YouTube and she starts producing all these recordings of pieces that are quite phenomenal. And she developed yeah. a huge career because of it. Um, and a lot of people know her more than some of the names I, I mentioned. In fact, more, probably more than most of the names I mentioned. Now, do I think, you know, she's at that level. She, she's a very fine pianist. Um, she's not my go-to for a lot of things. But I certainly respect what she's done, and I think she can she can really play her way around the piano. It's it's pretty phenomenal. So um, that's that's one person that's created something from basically a new medium. Uh, another mm-hmm. person is Simona Dinnerstein, um, who basically uh, was again studied at the conservatory level with big name teachers, didn't win anything big, but then made a recording of Bach's Goldberg Variations. And that was sort of picked up. It was like this newfound thing. It just became huge. And I don't know if Deutsche Grammophon signed her or what happened, but now she's teaching um, at, a, at a major conservatory and, and has been for a number of years and has a pretty big career and really got discovered through, again, this new internet medium. That just wouldn't have happened 50 years ago or much less 100 years ago. So uh, it's right. rare that those kinds of breakthroughs happen. They do, but uh, most of the, the people that are really getting to that top are going through the traditional, um, you know, you study at the conservatory, you, you've been with a big teacher, you, you've gone that route, maybe you're, yeah, you've got to be an exceptional talent, of course, but you're getting recognized by being in a big competition or, or being, you know, playing with some, some big orchestras and then they, they, you just get other gigs with other orchestras. Uh, and that's why Alexander Malofiev is so interesting because he didn't go through that competition route uh, because he was already great. Yeah. He was a teenager. So it's, it's nice to see that happen. It's going to be interesting over the next 20 years, how great artists are found. Like, that's yeah. going to be a fascinating kind of cultural, you know, uh, study, I think. I think so. Yeah. Especially with all the capabilities we have for recording and, and just comparing everybody. Like I said, this list is, is tiny compared to how many great artists there are really so many great artists out there and i i follow a lot of them and i watch a lot of them uh, and some are my my classmates and, and some are my colleagues and it's just you, you it, it's so overwhelming in a way so what I, I would say to people watch some of these yeah. people online see what they what they do maybe with one of the pieces that you know very well compare different versions but most importantly go out to some concerts you know go go see some live uh, people go to some local concerts and, and support your local artists. And you know, that always helps everybody. You know, me included, by the way. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, hey, I, Elias, this has been a treat. And, and I'm excited to, to introduce, um, be part of introducing these great artists to our audience. And, and I hope that, that people will take this uh, podcast and, and check out some of the links that are down and check out, you know, buy some CDs, go see go see some live shows go see some mm-hmm. live concerts and mm-hmm. and um you know you know enjoy the the live environment of of a, a you know a 
piano concert because mm-hmm. it is pretty unique and it's pretty great. There's nothing so, like it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's true. Um, so again, thank you for for being on the show. Um, we've fun. been talking to Dr. Elias Axel Pedersen. You bet. And uh, and my name is Mike Levitt, and you've been listening to And If Love Remains. <laughs>